So I want to circle back and do a deeper dive on the end of Perichav Hei Pasuk Mem Dalid. We just learned that Shaul takes Michal, which the Pasuk calls the wife of David, and gives her to Palti ben Laish. The learning tonight should be Eschos Le'ilu Nishma Sichesko Shraga ben Abba Yehuda. So there's three problems here that we need to deal with tonight. The first question is, how could Shaul take Michal, who's married to David, and give her over to someone else? Now, he may not be happy about the fact that maybe he doesn't like David, or that David deserted Michal, or that David took additional wives. But at the end of the day, there's not a lot you can do. What right, halachically, does Shaul have to take Michal away and give her over to someone else? The second problem is that even if Shaul felt somehow he had a right, but Palti and Michal themselves were tremendous and how could they have gone along with it and lived together based on these circumstances? And finally, we'll see in Shmuel Bey's that David takes Michal back as a wife later on. If Michal is Mizana with Palti, so then how is David allowed to take her back? We know the halacha is that a woman who's Mizana becomes us or both to the person she was with as well as her husband. So how could David take her back? Elamai, you'll tell me that somehow David gave her a get and somehow she was divorced. Well, that doesn't solve the problem either because if a woman divorces her first husband, marries someone else, the Pasuk says in Devarim that she becomes also to her first husband. She can't go back to the first husband and remarry her. So if she got a get from David and then married Palti, she can't go back to David in Shmuel Bay. So either way, you're going to learn, it seems like it's a problem. Now, in order to answer this first question of how could Shal have given them away, I want to recall a share that we did back in August. This is on the podcast, it's share number 145, where we did a deeper dive, how was David allowed to marry sisters? And at that time, we looked at a Gemara in Sanhedrin, Dafyu Tessama Beis. The focus of the Vakimara, which we discussed during that other shear, was really how was David able to marry sisters. The Pasuk seemed to say that David was supposed to marry Meirav, but instead was given Michal, and we had a Mandiyam in the Gemara that said that he married both. And the question was, how was he allowed to marry both? One Mandiyam said he married one after the other died, and the other Mandiyam said he did a Kedushe Tais. Now, at the end of that Gemara, though, we did answer how was Shaul allowed to give Michal away at this point, right here in Parachafei. And we answered that Shaul felt that the Kedushin that David did, not only with Meirav, but the Kedushin he did with Michal, was also a Kedushin Tois. It was an improper Kedushin, either because he was Mekadesh with a Milveh and a Pruta, and his Das was on a Milveh, which you can't be Mekadesh with the forgiveness of a loan, or that David tried to give uh, um, Michal, or give Shaul in, in exchange for Michal's hand, the Arlois, which David felt had the value of a pruta, and Shaul felt they did not. Uh, but either way, we answered that Shaul felt that there was no Kedushan with Michal, and that was Shaul's justification for giving Michal away. So that's all I wanted to take, really, from the other shear. Obviously, it's a lengthier topic, and you can go back and listen to the whole shear. But that answers up the first question, at least from the Gemara's point of view, of how was Shaul allowed to give Michal away? Because Shaul felt that Michal was not really married to David. Now, the, the next question then is, well, okay, so maybe she's not married to David, but how is, uh, uh, at least in Shaul's eyes, but Palti and Michal, they're going to take that chance. How do they know David's wrong? And they're going to go and live together if they're tremendous tzaddikim based on the assumption that Shaul is right. So the, so the Gemara says that Palti, it, it was basically, he's in a tough spot here because on the one hand, he has to show honor and covet and respect to Shaul, who wants to offer Michal in marriage, but on the other hand, he has a cheshash that maybe she's still married to David. So therefore the Gemara says he put a sword in between his bed and Michal's bed, and he said, whoever tries to, to engage in that maister with Michal is going to be stabbed by the sword. Essentially, 
uh, basically he lived with Michal for years without touching her. It was a fake marriage. They slept in the same room. They were in the same house together. People assumed they were married. They actually never lived together. The Gemara there praises Palti tremendously for the self-control, this extraordinary self-control that he showed for all these years. The Gemara even compares it and says that it was greater when compared to the self-control of Bayaz, when Rus appears in his tent in the middle of the night, because whereas Bayaz held himself back for one night, Palti held himself back for a number of years. And the Gemara there, by extension, says that Bayaz's self-control was greater than Yosef because Yosef was with the Nashus Ish, not in his bed, whereas Rus came to Bayaz's bed, and Rus wasn't married. But the point is here that the Gemara gives the greatest praise to Palti. And the Gemara says that's why he's referred to later on as Paltiel. His real name was Palti, but Paltiel means Paltikel, that God saved him from doing an Aveira. The Gemara there says, Darshan's the Pasuk, which says that he went, that he went crying. What was he crying about? The Gemara asks, why was he crying when he, when he was escorting Michal back to David, why was he crying if he wasn't really married? So Kumar says, Ala mitzvah The mitzvah he was losing, right, all these years he was practicing self-control and getting a mitzvah for not being with the nation. So now he was losing that opportunity for that mitzvah. The Kumar then dashes the next words in the Pasuk that says, Ad bachurim, that he accompanied Michal until bachurim. So the Gemara says, They were both like a Bachar and a Basula, that had never lived with another person, meaning that the Pasuk is attesting to the fact that they never lived together as a husband and a wife. So that would, it would potentially answer up why they went through with it. The Bar Moshe suggests another shot that Michal and Palti were afraid that if Palti is going to refuse, Shaul's not going to give up. He'll turn around and try someone else. At least Palti knew that he could be trusted. Him and Michal knew that Palti could be trusted. So better that Palti accept this and not be with Michal rather than someone else who might want to live with Michal. Bar Moshe brings down a comment from the Ramami Panu and Gilgul Nishamis, which says that although Palti reached a tremendous level, obviously he was uh, um, compiling all these, all the schar for this mitzvah of not touching Micha, but at the end of the day, he was looking at her, it was a stockless benachim, someone else's wife, and that was a tremendous aver that he was doing, that he got pleasure from looking at Micha. So there, the, the gul in the says that he was brought back as uh, Reb Masya ben Cheresh, which the Medrash says Reb Masya was a tzaddik who his mida was to Tarasenayim. He never looked at a woman, never laid eyes on a woman. So the Sutton tried to entice him by coming to him, appearing as a beautiful woman, and no matter which way he turned his, his eyes, turned his head, the beautiful woman would always be in the line of sight. So that was how the Sutton was trying to tempt him. When Reb Masya realizes that he can't turn his eyes away, he blinded himself, which was a tremendous act that stunned everyone, including the Sutton. The Sutton was uh, a shocked by this type, by, by taking such a drastic action to avoid Avera. So Hashem sends the Malach Rafal to heal Reb Masya, but Reb Masya refused until Hashem would guarantee that the Sutton would not be able to test him further in this. So the, the, the uh, comes out from this Medrash that Reb Masya uh, that through Reb Masya's uh, uh, story over here, Palti was able to be misaking for that Avera that he did all those years of looking at Michal here, he corrected the damage by um, by overcoming this obstacle here from the um, from the Satan. Okay, but that's more of a side point, um, not not so relevant here to our Pesukim. So now we understand why, but based on that we would understand why David takes Michal back, because according to the way David sees it, he was 
Mikadesh Michal properly, and Palti never touched her, so therefore there's no problem of taking Michal back. How does David know that Palti and Michal never lived together? So the Rabbalik says that it was public knowledge, the Tshuva Sereshpo says, that he was informed by a Navi. Radak gives another shot. He says that Shaul, after getting upset that Michal was left alone, so insisted that David give her a get, after which Shaul then arranges the marriage to Palti. However, David's get was not a proper get, it was not chal, for one of three reasons. Either because David was forced into giving a get, which is not a good get. Second is that David explicitly said that he was being forced into sending Michal the get, and he didn't really want to divorce her. And the third possibility is that after sending a shliach to deliver the get, David, in his mind, was, or maybe in front of Edim, disqualifies the get. So it really wasn't a good get. According to this third pshat, though, David didn't tell Michal, so Michal goes and lives with Palti, like husband and wife, and according to this understanding, they did live together, but she didn't become Asr to David because she didn't know that David really disqualified the get. She was living B'Shoigeg, and therefore it wasn't a problem to take her back later on because she wasn't considered a, uh, a, a woman who was Masada that becomes Asr to the husband she didn't know. The Abba has a problem with this. He said, first of all, um, there's no hint anywhere in any of the psukim that David gave Michal a get. And also, whether it was le- legally okay or not, there's no way David's going to take back Michal after she lived with Palti as a wife. It's just David on his level is not going to do that. So the Abba proposes a pshat that it is a little bit, I would say, off the beaten path, right? It's not from the what, what the other Mepharshim learn. And that is that Avigal never married Palti. What does the Pasuk mean that Shaul gave Michal to Palti? means he gave her as Palti should be her guardian. Basically, Shaul wants to keep Michal off the streets and from getting depressed that David's not around or running away to David, and so therefore he entrusts Michal into the care of Palti. And that's also why she, the children of Merav were given to her to watch, something that we touched upon in the last uh, uh, the last time we did that deeper dive, the Meirav children were attributed to Michal because she raised them, and possibly that's part of this, says the Abarbanel, that she raises Meirav's children in order that she doesn't get depressed and her own husband's not around. So for this reason, says the Abarbanel, David has no problem taking her back. The, the, he was, she never lived with anyone, not Beshoigi, not Bemezid. She was simply held by a guardian, and later on David was able to take her back to be his wife. I and Shmuel Bez, the Pasuk refers to Paltiel as Isha, with a mapik hay, which means literally her husband. So the, uh, the Abarbanel says, no, it doesn't mean literally her husband, it means her man, her male guardian. And, but understandably, the other Mepharshim critique this pshad in the Abarbanel, the Kliyakar, and the Chaimah specifically, and they say, you're going against the understanding of the Mepharshim, and we can't go against the words of the Mepharshim. So they will defer back to the other pshatim that we gave previously, but based on this, we have an understanding here Shaul felt that he had a right to give Michal away. Palti and Michal did it because they felt that that was, I guess, the best option that they had on the table to keep Michal uh, okay, to keep Michal from sinning with another man. And David, according to either the Pshat and the didn't give a get that was a good get, or he knew that they never lived together, um, or you'll fall onto the Pshat of the Abarbanel, but basically that it was okay for David to take Michal back as his wife.